We gonna start with that overlay? I guess not. Well, here, since we're live, <laughs> we're, we're going to go ahead and throw it up. This is what we were going to do. I'm so glad you did that. We also have this as well, and I didn't even remember to do it, but it looks like we already got some people in here. I'm sure that you guys are excited and pumped, and we just agreed that you were going to host this episode, and I just started talking, <laughs> so no, I'm sorry good, about that, Ethan, but the Spurs are back, and so are we with post-game recaps. Um, just to give everybody a breakdown of this episode of what we're going to do is we're going to go down through every single person who played, and then we're going to just kind of discuss their performance in this game. Obviously, it's just one preseason game, but before we get into that, overall impression season of this the first time seeing this Spurs group. Very impressed. It started off a little bit rough uh, because everybody had a little bit of uh, rust on their shooting mechanics, it seemed like, and nobody from either side could really get a three-pointer to fall, except for my boy Drew Eubanks and your boy Jacques Landale, who were just <laughs> killing it from three for some reason. But nobody else could seem to get anything going. But overall, very impressed with all of our young guys. They had a lot of great chemistry, a lot of great defense, and we managed to pull out a very important and significant win, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought that it was obviously just a lot of good things. And, and we're going to get into it specifically with all of the guys here in just a second. But just overall, you can tell this group loves playing with each other. You can tell that all of their styles now mesh. Um, and you can just tell that those new signings are fitting in perfectly. Jock looks like he's super comfortable with the guys and has a chemistry with them on the floor already. That's the same thing for Doug McDermott and Bryn Forbes. They know where to be on the floor and they're just fitting in seamlessly. So with all of the roster turnover, um, it really seems like the chemistry with these guys is through the roof. So I guess that concern, at least in game one of the preseason, is checked off. But we'll get into some of these guys. Do you just want to kind of go down with um, the starters to start off and then go into the bench after that? Sure. Sounds good to me. Do you have anyone you want to start with particularly? I think we can start with uh, the leading scorer. Technically, he's actually tied with a rookie at his position that we'll get into later. Uh, but let's start with DeJounte Murray. Shot six for 12 tonight. Uh, three boards overall, three assists and a steal, but 17 points. And I think that a lot of us coming into this season know now that DeJounte is kind of that go-to guy when it comes to our ISO scorer. You know, if things are going bad, we can just give it to DeJounte and he's just going to go get a bucket, whether it's from mid-range, driving to the rack. Unfortunately, was over three tonight uh, from the three-point land, but that was also Keldon Johnson. I feel like those are going to start falling as the season goes. Derek White went one for five, for example. Anyways, need to stay on DeJounte, but... Had a little bit of struggles there in that first half, but I think that was just mm. getting back into rhythm. It's preseason game one. That's the same thing that goes for the Jazz. They didn't make shots tonight, also. And you know, we can we're, if we're gonna wave it off for the Spurs, we're waving it off for everybody. Just 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 making it clear here. But going back to Dejounte, once he got in rhythm in that second half, you can tell that he's a guy who's just gonna be able to beat most guys off the dribble. He's just so fast and he's so skilled, and his bag is getting deeper every single year. So to see that excel and him get comfortable and be aggressive at the start of that second half. Um, and I think this is another trait that's kind of flew throughout the team. There were a lot of guys who missed shots tonight, started poorly. They kept shooting, got their confidence back and got in rhythm and made plays. DeJounte was the clear example of that tonight. Before I go on my little spill, do you want to keep this overlay on the whole time, Jude? Or do you, do you like it like there? Is the overlay still? Yeah, the, uh, one of them is. Not the big one, but the one that's kind of transparent. Really? Yeah, or at least on my screen. There we go. Now yeah. it's gone. Okay. It was it was off on mine, so I just clicked it on and off. <laughs> yeah, if it was... it was on the whole time, sorry. I'll definitely... no, it was. It was good. Okay. It's cool. 
Damn, damn, damn I'm Robertson. seeing the comments now. Well, I'm glad that that was the transparent one and not like the gray one. So well, <laughs> thanks y'all in the comments. But going back to you, Ethan. Technical difficulties. It's all good. <laughs> I, I couldn't have said it better myself. DeJounte struggled in the first half. This third quarter, I think, was the prime example of what we are looking forward to from him going on in this season. Once he got the jitters and the rust kind of off of him, he was really that go-to guy, the guy that could get into the paint. He was very aggressive attacking the rim. Uh, and I, I just liked everything that I saw from him. And defensively, as always, he, w- he was right there with um, Mike Conley and with uh, Donovan uh, Mitchell. Yeah, in the second half, he got that steal. And you mm-hmm. could tell that was when he was really locked in. I think we're going to be seeing that a lot from DeJounte this year. But once again, it's just preseason game one, but lots of good signs. 100%. Who do you want to move on to next? We got to go with the other man with a $70 million deal on this team, and that's Derek White. Yes, shot two for nine, but really similarly, it. and this is the thing that I even talked about last episode, Derek's a volume shooter. Mm-hmm. If you go to it throughout his career, it takes him a little bit to get going, so obviously in preseason game one, that's going to be the same case. I know he only made one three tonight, but my argument would be is I feel like if he would have kept shooting after he made that one, he probably would have made a couple more. You know, maybe it would have been like three for four or something. He wouldn't have been just, you know, making every single shot. But I think that the example of the three that he did make was that after he gets a couple shots up, that's when he really gets in rhythm and is able to make plays. Um, In regards to just the other stuff, once again, it's kind of brushing it off as just preseason rust, but defensively, he played great as well. He did a really good job on Donovan Mitchell. Uh, if you guys watched the stream in the Spurs app, you heard Bill Shoning say that that was his matchup of the night, um, and he definitely did a really solid job on him from what I saw. Uh, held him to 5 of 19 shooting, 10 points. Obviously, once again, still just a preseason game, but a good sign from Derek White against you know an elite offensive player in Donovan Mitchell. He didn't allow him to get in rhythm uh, Uh, later in the minutes that he did play obviously only 22 but really just did a solid job on him defensively Uh, I noticed he has a block here on the stat Mm -hmm. sheet and that is the play I can't remember what it was but this is something that Derek does a great job of and that's staying in plays and he got beat by somebody and just ran back has the length and swatted it and that was another thing that I saw from somebody else on the team Lonnie did a good job of that too but keeping with Derek what, what did you think? I mean, you said everything I was going to say, but the only thing I can add on to it, I know he only had two uh, two assists in the box score, but his playmaking tonight, in my opinion, was the best by far on the entire team. Uh, He was he managed to the pick and roll with Jacques Landale was really impressive. And uh, he kind of dumped the ball down low to whoever he was running the pick and roll with. And um, the chemistry was definitely there with Derek White. And I like, oh, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to say something. (laughs) I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. All right. Well, hey, the one thing also about Derek and DeJounte kind of as we move away from them is one of the other storylines kind of come into the year. Some of the people in press conferences asked them, uh, who's going to be the point guard? And they both kind of said, hey, man, it wants whoever gets the ball. Like sometimes I'll take it up. Sometimes DeJounte will take it up. Literally, it'll just depend who's like closer to the inbound pass. And that's exactly how it worked. And I just love to see that. I love how they're selfless. They've learned how to play with each other. And that kind of goes into the fact of how we saw that Derek, they staggered them. One That's what them I was going to say. Playing yeah. point guard. Yeah. And there you go. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. They, they, uh, when one of them went out, the other one stayed in and they kind of just went back and forth, which was really, really a good sign. Cause we both thought maybe Lonnie would run the point or Bryn, uh, but I like keeping one of them in at all times. It really frees up the offense. Yeah. And, and I think the other part about that too, is in the past when they had been doing that, it was like either one of them was on the, they were never on the floor together. It was like, 
DeJounte, Derek, and now we've found a way to where we can still play them on the floor together and get, you know, the most out of them at the same time, Mm -hmm. especially defensively as a backcourt. That's a huge advantage. Um, And the fact that Derek's a good shooter as well. But on top of that, we found a way now where we can stagger them. We can do both and play them together. So just another good sign with our two big contract guys. But speaking of somebody else that is in that age group and was drafted the year after Derek White, that is Lonnie Walker. He did not start tonight, but he did uh, was tied for the second most minutes on the team and was one of the first guys off the bench. And since I mentioned him a little bit earlier, I just felt like it would be a good lead in, especially with all these other guys. Um, So what did you think of Lonnie's play tonight? I'm looking at his stat sheet. Once again, only one for seven, one of four. But like, this is where stats don't tell the whole story. Like, I felt like Lonnie played good tonight. Mm -hmm. Efficiency, you can't even look at it for this game on anybody's, like anybody's stats too. Yeah, like nobody (laughs) shot efficiently at all, except for, you know, the GOAT, Drew Eubanks, but he's the GOAT. You know, he was 100%. Uh, And and Josh Primo. (laughs) And Josh Primo, the two GOATs. Um, (laughs) But just specifically talking about Lonnie, his scoring was not there, clearly, but it was the other things that he was doing. Yeah, exactly. Drew King King is talking about how he was plus 18. Yes, um, he was doing all kinds of stuff, moving the ball. The ball never stuck to his hands. I worried about that a little bit because his style is is a little bit iso ball, leaning a little bit toward kind of how DeMar played. But he never really, the ball never stuck. He kept it moving. He was willing to let Primo take a lot of the ball handling from him when Primo actually got into the game. Uh, and defensively, somebody said it earlier in the chat, defensively he was really improved as far as this one game goes um, from what I saw last season. Um, so moving in the right direction with Lonnie, I think his scoring will eventually come back. Uh, it's just a little bit of preseason rust. Hey, man, the one shot he did hit, though, that three mm-hmm. looks nasty. It and did. He can do, and it, he, it looks like his crossovers, like his bag. Remember how he always talked about, like, Lonnie has the bag. It's just holding on to the ball while he's doing it, and it seems yeah. like he's doing that now. Now we just need the shots to go in. And once again, game one of preseason. So lots of good stuff from Lonnie as well. Anything else about him before we move on to another young guy? Go ahead and move on. Let's do it. That man, Keldon Johnson. I Mm. feel like it's the same story. You know, probably started, but I don't even think that he started off slow. I think he was just deferring to DeJounte and Derek. Um, The only negative I would say is that his three-point shot is short, but it also looks like they've worked on it, which is why it's short and it's got better spin and rotation. And so... It's like that probably gets better as he takes more shots and those start going in. And we knew he was already a pretty decent three-point shooter. Ends up getting six boards, 10 points. Missed that first shot um, where he got a little bit of contact there. Then came up, got that and one, made the free throw. And after that, I mean, he just, he played like big body, man. You know, I mean, he wasn't going, you know, the motor wasn't as high, but it's preseason. So I'm pretty sure that was the reasoning for that. Um, But he still played great. And another, my favorite moment from Keldon Johnson all game was at the end of the game when the crowd started chanting Primo, he was the one going crazy on the sideline. And that's why you love Keldon, man. That's, that's why he was on that Olympic team and all those guys loved him. High energy guy for sure. The two things from Kelton that impressed me the most. We know how aggressive he is down low, but he was going crazy on the boards early. I know he only finished with six, but he only got 22 minutes. Um, but he he was going crazy on the boards early. Like Azabuki, I don't even know how to say his name. Yeah, but he, yeah. he was struggling <laughs> to contain him, and that dude's huge. And another thing from Kelton, it looks like he worked on his post game a little bit. Oh, his mid-range, too. That turnaround jumper. He looked a little Kobe-ish. I don't want to give this guy too much, uh, you know, 
praise. I don't want to get to his head. But <laughs> Donovan it Mitchell good. did not think he was making that. <laughs> no, he didn't do that at all last season. No. He was really just drive to the basket, and he used to have a little bit of low post game. I'm um, getting Charles Barkley vibes, maybe. I don't know, but the big yeah, body, big body, yeah. Charles Sniper. Barkley was fat body, but uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, his mid range, he also hit that little mid range elbow jump mm-hmm. shot. He's yeah. definitely been working with Dejounte, you know, a little bit on that, and that was one of the things that we talked about over the summer. Like one way that Keldon could improve is getting a little bit more of that mid range because last year mm-hmm. it was like shoot a three or just full back, you know, truck yeah, to the basket. To the rim. Yep. <laughs> so we've seen we saw two of that tonight. So that is huge. He looks so he looks huge also. Pause, but he looks he just yeah just ginormous godzilla keldon um Mm. and then on top of that because of that and i think he's and he's grown a little bit more i mean he's better in the four now and we're playing him less in the four but there was i remember there was one specific post possession later in the game where he got switched onto a big and he was just bodying him up and now he's even bigger and taller so it's like he was already playing that you know we still prefer him at the three which is now where he's at which we like but i think he's still somebody who's switchable and he's even more switchable now because of that growth in size. So once again, more awesome stuff for Keldon. 100%. All righty. We also have a new man, the oldest player on the roster, I believe actually Thad Young's the oldest player on the roster. The oldest player who will probably be on the roster in the foreseeable future is Doug McDermott three for seven. He missed the one three, but man, he, like the negatives that I thought about Doug McDermott coming into this year, once again, preseason game one, we'll, we'll say that throughout the episode, yeah. but disclaimer, um, man, his defensive rotations were better than I thought the way that mm-hmm. he plays the four is better than I thought his size. You could tell that made an impact. I mean, it was just his cutting. I mean, I, I loved what I saw from Doug. He is the classic doesn't need the ball at all to impact the game yeah both offensively and defensively there were a couple mental errors like just kind of like knowing where to be clear and he's learning the defense still yeah Yeah. exactly but like like you said he just continues to move without the ball and it makes defending our team that much more difficult because now you got to worry about our isolation scores all of our guys that can shoot and he's constantly moving from baseline to baseline corner to corner you can't stop him from running he's got all kinds of stamina and you know when i was watching the game i thought about a former spurs player who he's actually kind of reminds me of uh remember brent barry back in the day yes yes got a little bit of brent in him i like it that's crazy i would have never thought about that Mm -hmm. but that that's a really accurate comparison. I feel like that's probably exactly what RC and Pop and all them were thinking in the in the GM room. They need to hire you. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm a 2K <laughs> GM god. But like at first, I always thought you know Doug McBucket's probably going to be um, like a Marco Bellinelli. But I was like, but he's better than Marco because he does more. And he's six eight. And he's six eight. And I was like, there's <laughs> got to be somebody better. And as I'm watching him run baseline to baseline, I'm like, Brett Berry. Brent Berry bones yeah that that's an awesome comparison because I mean he's a Spurs legend so Mm -hmm. I know he's a role player but still he's very highly regarded when it comes to the Spurs all right and then we have our starting center which I mean it looks like they're just gonna stagger these center minutes maybe they don't maybe we don't see as much of Jock Landale when the season starts but I thought it was interesting that we got to see Jock Landale in the second quarter as early as we did I feel like the idea of kind of staggering these big guys and seeing what you got and also just having all of them juiced at all times 
I think that's a really interesting idea. And I think that's something that out of anything that's going on in the preseason, like that would be the most likely to continue. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's out there. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I thought it was interesting that the centers were staggered minutes. I really think we could see all three of those guys this year. Um, But Jakob was in the starting lineup tonight, got 10 boards, um, had two blocks as well. Um, I know that me and you were texting and we weren't the happiest with him when it comes to his first performance when he first came out, uh, especially when Drew Eubanks and Jock Landale subbed in, subbed in later, but we'll get to them. Uh, but going back to Jakob, he, he came back in and made up for it, I felt like. I felt like the, his second stint out there, he played a lot better defensively, a little bit more physical. Um, but when you see I, those other dudes, it's like, oh... Yeah. It's the only the only knock on Jakob I had this entire game. He played exactly how he played last year, which is fine. But I yeah. feel like everybody else took like a slight step up. You know what I mean? Like Derek impressed, Dejounte impressed, yeah. Remo impressed, Jock drew, and then Jakob was just same old Jakob. Like I know it's just preseason game one, but it was yeah. just like there's there's nothing different or exciting yeah. other than that like 15 foot floater that he actually managed to hit. Uh, I think that was really early, but. <laughs> You know, I mean, you can't say anything negative because he didn't do anything wrong. It's yeah. just you'd rather, I don't know. That's on this. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about the other ones. But he came back in. He got those two blocks. He, those were. He, I felt like he played better defensively. He was a little bit more physical in that second stint. He did. Um, yes. But the first man off the bench, on the box score, Drew Eubanks. We just God. gotta. I, I think we have to bask in his glory right now. Spam goat in the chat, please. Please chat, spam, spam Eubanks. Goat. Splash Eubanks has Splash has Eubanks. arrived. Um, no, I don't know. Once again, it's just one three. But the way the confidence that he took it with the videos we've been seeing, it looks like the shot. The shot looks different from last year from mm-hmm. the one three that we saw then. This guy's two that's, for two as a career, bro. I think that he he shout out to Drew. My name's my namesake. Oh, and we've got some goat Eubanks coming in. We got some goats in the chat. You Let's gotta go. love it. You gotta love it. Um, Tavarius, we know you're not a fan, my man, but you know, we felt like he was the best big out there on the floor tonight. Uh, we felt like he dominated Hassan Whiteside in the post. He looked big. He looked even bigger than 6'10. Um, he looked bigger than I mean, I don't know. He it, I was I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm just losing my train of thought. But point is, I was gonna say he looked bigger than 245. He doesn't really look big to, bigger than 245. 245 is just big. Yeah. Um and his he, all of the negatives about him, like I said with Doug McDermott, it just feels like those are improved on. Now he is a threat from outside. I know it's 1-3, but I really believe it. And, and if I'm wrong, let me be wrong. Let me be wrong. hes I'm not saying he's a crazy three-point shooter. I'm just saying you can't leave him open now, right? And that is a huge element for us and not something that he had before. <laughs> Everybody's just saying that he's a 100% shooter. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me finish this thought. I'm trying to think of some other thing. Oh, the post, the little post move he made. We know that he has a post bag. He didn't get to show that tonight. I just think that he's by far, he plays the hardest, and he's the most complete big on the team right now. Um, and couldn't agree more, my guy, Aaron. Couldn't agree more. And I think he also has the most chemistry with these guys on the roster as well. He just knows how to play basketball, bro. He just gets it. 
he he doesn't demand the ball, but on pick and rolls, he knows where to be. He knows where Derek, he knows where DeJounte, he knows where they like him to be on the floor. And he's always where he needs to be to get rebounds, tip backs, dunks. Did you see that dunk he had? The dude slammed it so hard and his legs went so high in the air. He looked like a Shaq. Like, I know he's not Shaq, but how he dunked the basketball, I thought the rim was going to come down. That was a statement dunk. The dude didn't mess up once. I'm telling you, he, he had zero mistakes this game. Like, I watched the whole game. He didn't have a defensive lapse. No. Nope. Did you see that block? They called it a foul, but it was a clean block. I haven't even been listening to you, but I agree with you. He didn't make a mistake the whole game. That's what I begin. That I mean, that's what I that's what I was thinking at the end of the game. I was like, wow. Yeah, and there was that one foul, and it was a block. It was a clean mm-hmm. block. It was a fantastic play. And I'm not even mad at the ref, because when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, it looks like he got him there a little bit. And then you see the replay, and you're like, no, this dude just clean made block. a fantastic block. I just, wow. Yeah, Reminiscent uh, of Giannis in the finals? <laughs> I think, but better maybe because he's Drew Eubanks, <laughs> Drew Olajuwon in the post. Dude, did you see at the beginning, this guy could, was getting every board. He was hustling so hard. It looked like Dennis Rodman out there, bro. He, he really, everything. he really, he he played really well. He he played really well. His motor is just, is just phenomenal, Off man. The hook. Oh. It, it's just, it's just great. Um, but enough about Drew Eubanks. Um, Never and enough. Sh- and shout out to my, my guy, Deshaun for, Hey, hey, here's another story about Drew Eubanks. He told me that when he worked that camp, Drew came in and did like a hundred post hooks in a row, like maybe even five hundred, and didn't miss a single one. So, I'm telling you, bro, he's the post hook goat. He saw that. We got an autograph. I'm blessed. All right, Luca Samanich is the next man on the list. I know that he did not get the most minutes, but he's the next here on the box score. So let's talk about him a little bit in the garbage time minutes that we did see. He made a couple mistakes when he came in early, a couple quick fouls. Uh, he looked a little uncomfortable, I thought. But once he actually got a shot to fall, he, he looked a little more confident. He moved with with a greater you know intensity on defense and on offense. And he seemed to have pretty good rapport with Jacques Landale, with Primo, with Devin, with everybody that he was playing with. And I felt for the last 10 minutes or so of, that he actually played, we didn't get... I mean, we got worse clearly because the the score got tighter, but we didn't lose that much when he came into the game. Um, I thought he I thought he held his own, and if he can just get a little more aggressive, I think he's he's right where he needs to be, in my opinion. He just seems a little too like passive still. Yes, he's still a little in his own head. I think obviously I'm psychoanalyzing this guy through a television, so mm-hmm. take that for what it's worth. Um, but at the same time. Uh, at the beginning, I was like, oh, no. Oh, he looks deer in headlights again. Like, he, like, trucked that dude on the screen for no reason. And then yeah, I saw that there were cool. some other, like, defensive laps. I forget exactly what happened, but it was another not great play. But then he made that shot. He made that drive. He got comfortable, knew where to go on defenses, was rotating well, was playing good on the perimeter, was able to follow a guy towards the rim. I don't know Step if it was... picks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, looks better. Yeah, it's preseason game one against the Jazz third stringers, but that's probably the best that he's looked in his entire career in that little minute stretch that we saw. So, and he looks yoked. I don't think that he's gonna, you know, really play that much, but that's fine because you're just taking him along. And I don't think anybody else is gonna come in and offer him a max contract or really even a contract at all. Um, once his rookie contract is up, unless he just comes in and goes crazy in the next two years. Detroit like, will give him a bag. 
Oh gosh. Detroit you're right. Them, you're right. That that actually is if he has a good year, that that might happen. But yeah. barring any of that, um, I think he's a guy that you could probably sign on a pretty affordable deal if you wanted to keep developing him and see if he can really become because he's a project. We knew that when he drafted him. I don't think that we thought it was going to be this long. Um, but hopefully it's maybe one uh that you can continue. So not too much there from Lucas Samanich. Any little final thoughts on that one, Ethan? I think we're, we'll see more in the next couple of preseason games. Yes, but looks better. Looks better. Yes. All right, let's get to some of the more main guys. We skipped him here. We were going off a little bit. Devin Vassell. I think mm. we, Dunk, I mean, he, he had a base. It wasn't yeah. a poster, but it, it, it felt like one. Uh, once he got his rhythm going on his shots, you knew that he is once a guy, again, a guy who's deepened his bag, his post fade, or not post fade, but just his little fadeaway jump shot at the elbow is almost automatic. I remember in the summer where we had that episode where we were talking about his length on that shot. We're seeing it translate right now. Mm-hmm. Um, three and D player. I mean, he, dare I say it, dare I say it, he feels like maybe a Kawhi type trajectory. That's crazy. That's crazy. I know, but like he, he has like all of those skills. He's already a good shooter. He's already a good defender. He had eight boards. And now he has skills like, come on now. Like, and he's six, seven now too. Yeah. That's maybe he's not Kawhi, but like, he's going to be a really good NBA player. I agree. The biggest thing I saw, from Devin was how he was carrying himself on the court yes. last season. He looked very timid he was talking smack. Yes. <laughs> last year. He didn't say a word. He was literally just in the corner every game. If he was in the game at all, he was in the corner and this game, he was taking it off the dribble. He was coming off picks. He was talking smack and he just, it felt like to me, he had way more confidence in his game, probably because of what he was able to do in summer league for that short stint. He was able to dominate so much, and clearly he's been working on his bag all offseason long. Um, so I'm very excited to see what he's capable of. I was a little skeptical of that he would get that many minutes coming into this year, but from what he showed me, I know he only had 20 minutes and he only had nine points, but like you said, defensively on the boards, he looked good. I'm very impressed. Yeah, and here's another little point here. Um, Kawhi had no competition for that position, and Vassell has both of his years that he's been here, and he's found a way on the court. So yeah. that one, you can you want to take anything from that? You can't. All right, the return of Bryn Forbes. We were scared, Ethan. We really were. We had a lot of concerns about it, but I'm pleasantly surprised. I was texting you, and I think that this is the the best way to describe it for us on SSPN, and that's that. Seven Bryn, oh, we love him. Eleven Bryn, not so much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I think I know why we hated Eleven Bryn so, so much. And it was because he played alongside Marco Bellinelli, a very, very young Lonnie Walker, who was pretty bad on defense, and Rudy Gay, not a great defender. So he yeah. was just exposed on a, on a daily basis. But when you pair him next to DeJounte or Derek White in the backcourt and you solely have him basically come off screens uh, like, a, like a Steve Kerr probably from back in the day, um, he just knocks down shots and he looked comfortable. He looked confident. He was knocking down shots and he's he is yoked. So he's not like... They weren't bullying him. I mean, he's not a great defender, but they weren't bullying him as much as I feared they would. Also, granted, 
just one game in the preseason against the Jazz third stringers, like you said. But I am pleasantly surprised. Yes, yes. Um, so obviously the defensive issues are still there, but the one thing I love, Pop chewed <laughs> Yes, butt. he did. He chewed <laughs> And that wasn't even that bad. Like, he still got a hand yeah, up. Yeah, like, he got a hand like up. that wasn't even... He ripped him one. And I was just like, man, Bryn can't even... In that situation, he's like, I really signed up for this. I can't I know, even... Again. <laughs> like, <laughs> I came back. <laughs> oh. um, but overall though defensively his effort is much better now he knows where to be too yeah you can tell that he knows pop schemes so look we know that Bryn's going to be a liability on defense but when you compare him next to a much improved Lonnie Walker and or Derek White and or Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell which is what they were doing um you can hide them he's hit pretty well Yeah. yeah I mean there were a couple times and that was the other thing I noticed tonight I felt like the majority of the baskets were scored on Doug McDermott and Bryn Forbes, but that is what you want. That is what you want if you're this team. And so loved the three hit. I think he's going to get more in rhythm. And I, I think that that three point shooting was definitely much needed. Tavarius was telling us the whole time that, you know, because of the shooting struggles, that's why we got him. And I definitely saw that tonight. He knew Mm. where to be. He knew just like Doug, he found a way to impact the game without needing the ball necessarily but he's also somebody who in the past has taken the ball up in floor up the floor and had to run the offense so that's huge to have also um if an injury or so happens so love the signing now i I feel a lot better about it after watching this game likewise all righty another big one jock landale there was some good there was some bad but i think overall we love it 100%. 100%. I liked him a lot. I, I liked what he brought to the team because he brings something different than both Jakob Pertl and Drew Eubanks. While Drew is 100% from three, <laughs> Jock Landale has a prettier stroke, in my opinion. And he's, he's a more proven shooter as well. Yes, he's more comfortable, it looks like. As soon as that ball hits his hand, he's letting it fly, and that was very good to see. The only knock I had, I had two knocks on him. One, Hassan, I thought, was beating up on him a little bit early on. Everyone else, though, it was no issue. Jacques Landale was beating up on literally everybody else. It was just Hassan, who's seven foot one and like 300 pounds probably, was kind of bullying him a little bit. But I think that might have also been NBA first game, a little bit of jitters, don't know where he's supposed to be. Regardless, I thought he played well despite that. And another thing, just a couple bad turnovers, a couple bad passes at the backcourt still trying to push the ball up the floor. That can be expected with a guy who's never played in the NBA uh, and is not used to the speed and maybe got a little bit rattled. Otherwise, I thought he was very impressive, both in the paint and along the perimeter. Yeah, so we were texting in the game, and we had a little bit of a disagreement there, but honestly, the more I'm thinking about it, it's like images are popping up in my head. Specifically when he, like, two-handed contested Hassan, and it just literally did nothing. Um, So I... I'm definitely those since you've told me that I've been remembering those against Hassan as well too so it's going to be interesting because he's also our biggest center technically I know that 
you know, uh, Jakob is the tallest, but he's 6'11", 255. So he's the heaviest. So you would expect, you know, that to mm-hmm. be him instead of Drew Eubanks. But at least you have Drew Eubanks that you can put in and match up with those guys if Jock's getting bullied. So, yes, mm-hmm. his spacing and also the way that he can set up an offense as mm-hmm. a post. Yes, I forgot he about that. He calls for the ball from DeJounte Murray. Okay, DeJounte has been the point guard for the past however many years, right? And he gets it, then hands it off to Derek. He literally called the play. And he yeah. set it up with the handoffs in the double screens. He gives constant effort. He's constantly screening. He's constantly doing something. Yes, he made some rookie mistakes, and he'll we'll see more as the years progress or as the games progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but his shooting ability uh, his, and just his motor—that's really all been, there is. Yes. I oh, didn't and his how passing, great of a yes, the, he was. the cut pass to Doug McDermott. And I know that we mentioned how yes, some of the passes got stolen, but mm-hmm. some of those I think were just—I think it's just. Those are full court passes. Also, you could make those passes in the NBL. There were a couple like just slow passes that he made on bounces that like, I'm pretty sure the white guys in the NBL wouldn't have got to. (laughs) Like, You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's what it was. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I think that after those happened, he passed a lot faster to Doug and now he's up with NBA pass speed and is like, oh, I can't be as careless as I was there because it's going to get stolen here. And so he'll just put more juice to it and he'll be fine dime of the game Jacques Landale in the high post uh, he had a cutter he had primo run off of him yes. and then like the alley-oop layup kind of deal that was insane incredible yes. pass Jokic type stuff yes um, very impressive he is super skilled offensive big um needs to just get get in, the, get in the weight room a little bit I mean I know he's already like 255 but it also seems like he's a lengthy 255 get some get some muscle on i don't think he's gonna have a problem against hassan whiteside another thing there was one time where hassan whiteside got the rebound and he had the ball just like by his knee and jock just like slapped it out of his hand yeah (laughs) i was like i like this guy i like this guy he's like hassan's a bum (laughs) jock landale is like our patrick beverly but at center Mm -hmm. and like less of a you know patrick beverly yeah, like a yeah. more toned in Patrick Beverly, more disciplined one. Um, but all right, this this is the man of the hour, Mister Seven for Eight, Mister Three for Four, Mister the one shot that missed should have gone in, but the rim bounced it out. Josh Primo, seventeen points in his NBA debut. He looks huge. That was yes, the first does. thing I noticed. He's eighteen year old years old, and he has an NBA body in four years. This dude. Like, is he gonna be six eight, like two hundred? Like, I mean, mm. I don't know. He's he's pretty muscular too. I didn't realize how muscular he I was. Know, it, yeah, like he's he must thick. have put on some weight because because in, <laughs> in Alabama he looked a little bit like like very sticky, very scrawny. But it, like his calves are huge and his arms are pretty big and like he, he's a force to be reckoned with. But the biggest biggest thing from Primo that I saw was the amount of confidence he had for a guy that's 18 years old. Nobody expected to be drafted at 12th overall. Spurs fandom on Twitter and all these people that hated him <laughs> just attacked him for no reason, and he is proving them wrong with his first yeah, game. Yeah, cran- the crowd chanting his name. His name, yes. He came, it, it, I never would have thought that it was his first game ever in the NBA. He didn't look flustered at all. He came out and just immediately shot a three off a screen. Just a pull-up three, something that the Spurs never do, bro. Like, he, they just never do it. Like, Pop is usually going to yell at somebody for taking a, like, a, a 
pulling up from three off a screen, just like three seconds into the shot clock. But he did it a couple times, and it went in. You know, he's got an incredible stroke. It's smooth. It's quick. He hit that shot from the corner to start off. He just he just looked so good, bro. I'm so excited for him. I hope that this is a sign that he won't spend his entire rookie year in the G League. I don't think they're going to be able to. I think, look, it's one game, and it's mainly the Jazz third stringers. Um, yeah. But still, I think it's telling Confidence. he played tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, and the way that he played as well. Like, he just dominated. Like, he played better than, I mean, I don't know. He was the only really point guard that really played against those guys. So, But he, yeah. he did what he was supposed to do for a lottery pick. What? He only had one assist, but he was playmaking like crazy. Yes, no, yeah, that, exactly. This is why <laughs> the box score can tell you a lot of things, but it can't tell you that. because and, and there were times where Bryn would take up the ball, deferred to him, and he would call a play and tell people what to do. He's doing this at 18. This dude, and, and remember, this dude is like Devin Booker. Like he played his last year of high school or what should have been his last year of high school age-wise he was playing at duke so really this should be his freshman year in college but he's in the nba so wow yeah <laughs> here we go <laughs> this man says primo is going to be our devin booker of the future he might be better <laughs> maybe dude he we'll, looks really we'll good we'll have to see um yeah and i know a lot of you guys have mentioned trey jones i just clicked that one a little bit there he was hurt tonight um he's going to be out for just a little bit but it's a day-to-day thing so it's nothing serious it's just a precaution um for preseason but there were some other people we're going to wrap this episode up with these last two guys here uh Kieda Bates Diop got 12 minutes tonight what did you think of what you saw from him I also thought it was telling he played I think he's a guy that's not going to get cut now we were talking about it last episode before we had seen you know these games that maybe he was somebody who'd be competing for a roster spot with him signing that contract, knowing he had to make a spot, and he's getting PT, and I thought he played really well uh, for being Kieda Bates-Diop, yeah. <laughs> you know, his role on the team, um, I'm pretty convinced he's going to make the roster now. I am too, especially since Thad and Aminu didn't play. It seems more and more likely that those are the two that are probably on their way out in some form or another. Uh, Kieda Bates-Diop had more minutes than Lucas Amanich. That was the first thing that I noticed. He came in the little... game before, too, and I was yes, like... Yes, he did. I was like, where's Luca? Why is he not in? Why is he still on the bench? But he came in a couple minutes later. Uh, but the biggest thing from Keita Bates-Diop was his defense. I thought he played phenomenal defense overall. He had a, a few quick fouls, I thought. A lot of people got in foul trouble pretty quickly, including Primo. Um, thankfully, he didn't let it continue. He kind of stopped fouling people <laughs> after like five minutes of being in the game. Uh, but offensively, Keita Bates-Diop, uh, he struggled a little bit. I felt I felt like he was trying to force it a little too much, almost like trying to prove that his like prove himself to the coaching staff that he belongs on the team. Don't cut me. You made the right decision giving me a guaranteed contract. Um, but defensively, he was there, hundred percent. Couldn't couldn't have asked for anything more. And I think that a lot of the offensive stuff there. Once again, this ties in with everybody. It's your first preseason game, getting yeah. back in rhythm. I think that we know that Kieda Bates Diop is he's a pretty good spot up shooter. And like, yeah. that's what you want at the four. And I just think his age and his upside just make him better than Al Farouk Aminu. Like, I you agree. know what I'm saying? And 100%. and you mentioned Thaddeus Young and Al Farouk Aminu being on the bench the whole time. There was literally a time where DeJounte came off the floor and Thad was just coaching him. So they know what's going on right now. And, and yeah. once again, God bless them for it. This is why they're going to be the most loved short-term Spurs of all time. Um, but 
the writing is on the wall, uh, yeah. as you, we can see. And then the final man, Wheezy J-Baby himself, Joe mm. Wieskamp, uh, in the game. He, you could tell he was just running to his spots, but that one, I forget what it was, what play he made. I don't even know if he scored on this or if it was just a dribble, but like, I was like, oh, I just had this thought pop into my mind. I was like, oh no, he looks more NBA ready than Lucas Samanich did in his first game. Mm, <laughs> that's what I, that's what I thought. So I was like, that's a good sign. Um, but honestly, he looked, he what, looked rattled in my opinion. Really? I thought, I, I thought he, yes. I, I can see that a little bit. But he was doing okay finding spots, at least. Yeah, he was running the floor perfectly fine. He was playing off. It looked like he knew where he was supposed to be. But as far as, like, just, like, putting up shots, he looked a little off and defensively looked a little off. And then there was a moment uh, in the game a little bit later in his playing time where it was clear that he wanted to score, but he wasn't scoring. So it was like a fast break and he took it all the way to the rack left side. And there was two jazz players like close behind him. And he tried to like sneak it up with like a right hand floater. And it just got swatted like right oh, no. back in his I only face. saw the three. I don't remember that one. Oh no. He got swatted bad. Hey, he's like, on a two way. Yeah. Do we think there's any hope for Joe Wieskamp to one no. day become? Yes. Okay. Yeah, From I that, so. can we at least? Okay. All right. <laughs> at least he wasn't scared of shooting. He just tried to put up a crazy shot and got swatted into the stands. <laughs> Welcome to the NBA moment. You'd have yes. it game one, right? He had it before before uh, Primo. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. To be expected. All right, y'all. Well, we have gone through the entire roster tonight, um, and we are going to be back Wednesday to talk about the Pistons game as well. Um, and that is going to be our schedule for the week. Um, we're going to mainly be doing these as we're coming back. We'll see what we can fit in with like the live discussions and topics. I think for the most part, we're just kind of going to be going off games now because why wouldn't we? We finally have them, right? Um, yeah. So just wanted to keep you guys updated there. Uh, once again, if you liked what you saw here today, don't forget to like and subscribe to stay updated with the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero at Jude McLaren. It's just our names. And then, of course, also remember to follow and subscribe to Spurs Tube TV for more awesome Spurs content and to see us doing some post game recaps over there with some other people. We appreciate you guys. Shout out to Go Spurs Go from PH. We see you here. Here you go, my guy. And then, of course, my guy here, I'm the most handsome. I think this is the first time we've seen you in the chat as well <laughs> as Aaron. I saw you as well. Go Spurs to everybody. Go Spurs, go. We appreciate y'all coming in. This was a lit stream. Y'all were in here consistently, and we'll see you guys next time. I'm trying to find the overlay before we leave. See y'all. <laughs>